on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. to another episode of the happiness algorithm with me james rose the show that discusses all things mental health emotional well-being and what we can do to make us that little bit happier now on this week's show we're going to be talking all things self-care and how each and every one of us has the opportunity to become our very best self now with me today is an author a speaker, a mental health advocate, and a fellow podcast host from the beautiful city of Birmingham. Last year, he released his first book titled Being the Best You, and it was an instant hit. It's a book you'll find under the category mark self-help, but this is no ordinary self-help book. It prizes itself on its no-jargon approach, simple, direct and real advice for someone who was complete from someone should I say who has completely turned their life around and how you might ask by discovering the power within the power that he says we all possess now my guest Jack Walton turned his life around after suffering with poor mental health and, and a negative mindset throughout both his childhood and his teenage years Jack struggled to accept his sexuality and had zero prospects or motivation in 2016, Jack discovered the power of positive thinking and the law of attraction after a spiritual awakening. And from there, things have changed for the better. Jack has achieved things he never dreamt of. He's recovered from PTSD, accepts his sexuality, and he's now on a mission to motivate and inspire others to live their very best lives, something that he says we all deserve to do. Please give a massive happiness algorithm. Welcome to the show, Jack. How are you doing, Jack? Oh, thank you so much. That intro is amazing. Thank well, you so much you know, for having you me. You deserve it. You deserve it. Um, so, Jack, for the, for the listeners tuning into the show... Yes. I'm sure many will because you have many, many followers. But those <laughs> that are new to 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 you, yeah, uh, give us a little bit of a flavour. Give us some background about who you are, what you do. Sure. So I I think I do a bit of everything. I'm a mental health advocate. I'm an author. I'm a speaker, podcast host, and a writer. So all of that's come on in the last uh, two years ish. I've been kind of building up my like brand if you want to call it that uh, so the book was released last year and that took three years to write so that was quite a big journey of in three years writing that the podcast has been out since last year and my motivated boy stuff has been a year not even a year actually it's been a year in june so that's also been quite recent and it's all just building up slowly it's all been very organic and gradual 
Um, and, you know, I want to stress that none of this happened overnight. And that's why, I, you know, I like the fact that you said it's no jargon because it really is. And a lot of the stuff I do is very, I want it to be real. Yes, I've done these things that are really good on paper, but it's not really about that. It's more so about the message and what it actually means. It's not just about, oh, I've done this and released this. It's really about, I want to spread a positive message. And I really mm. want to show people that actually, I'm just, you know, an average person and anybody can do this stuff. Anybody really can. As dramatic as it sounds, anybody can turn their life into what they want it to be. Um, has it been easy? Absolutely not. And again, I guess we'll get into that today. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just here to make a difference. I'm here to inspire and motivate people. And yeah, I'm really, really thrilled to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for letting me. I'm really excited. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on. And I say, I've, I've followed you for some time and, and across various platforms and, and including some of the more recent stuff with Motivator Boy as well. Um, and, you know, I think that for me, what is um, what's so important for any of the guests that, that, that come onto the show is that lived experience. It is yeah. that journey. And, and I think that you're so passionate and you're so honest and open about that journey. And I think that it was, you know, it was the reason why I wanted you to come on and share with some of the listeners, because you're right in what you say. It's that it's about reaching out to others and seeing yeah. that, you know, no one, no one is, um, no uh, one goes through life without literally, distress or, yeah. or or conflict or, or difficulty as it were so jack take us back to um take us back to sort of young jack then oh yeah okay start. let's kick things off so i'll take you back to the very beginning <laughs> let's dive right in there and then go from the very beginning i like this because i guess then people can get the backstory which i think is why it's really interesting yeah so childhood was to begin with it was very like normal so just very typical when i was like a lot when i was between the ages of before six years old, it was very normal um, and good and like carefree. But then at six years old, my mum and dad split up. Um, and I guess because of that, that did result in a lot of um, negative mental health after. But a lot of the things that have happened to me have all been a delayed reaction. So when my um, parents split up, although at that time it didn't affect me, years and years later it did. Um, and it's happened like that with a few things where things have happened in the moment I've been fine and then a while later, like a delayed reaction happens, um, which I think, again, it's I think everyone's different with how you process things. But I guess when you're that young, you can't really, you, you don't, you can't identify it. You don't know what's going on. You don't really get it. You just, you just know that things are changing and things are different and things are like not how they should be. So that happens. Um, and I guess life just continues. Just, it just continues going on primary school was not my best educational experience i always say that because i had a really nice experience at primary school i went to a really small uh like village primary school it's very small close-knit like all my family had been there as well before that so we all like knew the school and i had a nice group of friends and primary school was just really uneventful like in a good way like it was just kind of like i was just bobbing along nicely and it was i was just like a carefree child i guess um which was nice because yeah. sadly everything changed in when I started high school and like adolescence hit. That's when my kind of journey um, began really from going from something quite normal to um, suffering with like anxiety pretty quickly on, which was when I was, I want to say 12. Yeah, I was 12 in year seven at high school. When I started, I was 12 and I was bullied really, really badly pretty much from the get go at high school. Wow. Um, which at the time I didn't know was because of my sexuality. I didn't know what my sexuality was. So although I was having all this thrown at me, I didn't really know what being gay meant. I didn't know what 
I didn't know what it was. You don't know. Like, you're too young to realise. Um, but that's why it was because, um, and I actually didn't come out until some many years later when I was in college. So although all of that bullying happened and you'd kind of think, oh, would that not make it easier to come out and just be honest about who you are? Uh, no, it didn't help. It made it worse because it just makes you more confused and more like uh, you feel very, I don't know, just like ashamed because you're being told constantly that it's wrong and it's a bad thing and it's a negative thing. So yeah. because of that, um, it just had a, a very bad effect mentally. So that's when I developed anxiety. Again, I didn't know what it was. For me, the only way I could describe it was each morning before going to school, I'd just feel very nervous. Like, generally you have, like, butterflies in your stomach. But, like, mm. worse, it was, like, just nerves every morning. Um, and that's because when you have to go somewhere every single day that makes you feel really bad and just a really negative environment, it's going to have an effect on your mental health. Um, and it did in the form of anxiety. And that was pro- pretty much from the age of 12 onwards. And that didn't end until the end of high school, sadly. So that was some five years later. Um, in year 11 when I left (laughs) I mean that's a massive chunk of time a huge chunk of time it really she was the whole time really yeah I mean I'm really lucky because it definitely wasn't as bad as a lot of other people that I know of and know Um, it was only ever verbal but I've always said to people actually verbal can be sometimes worse than physical because the words you just remember the words like you remember the the words cut just as deep I think to be honest Um, so yeah it, it does have it does have an effect and I think if you're in an environment like that, be that someone living at home and being in a really abusive or negative environment, be that at school, be that at work, anyway, it is going to have an effect on your mental health. It really is. Even if you're a very strong person, there's only so much somebody can take. Yeah. And, you know, at this time, who, what was your support network like and, and who, how visible was it to others of what you were going through? Uh, I mean... I don't think it was that visible, really, because it was just like a normal thing. I know that sounds so bad to say now, but it, you just it, it became normalised. Like, it was just normal. It was normal to be kind of picked on and to be tormented at school, I think, as awful as that sounds, because it wasn't very, very severe like some people's. Although, like, like intervention was tried and things, it, I don't know, like, nothing ever, really, nothing ever really got resolved, pretty much. I mean, I always say to people that don't think my high school journey was bad i always have to say that because i'm highlighting the really the big points i had a good group of friends at high school i got on well with teachers i i did enjoy bits of school but on the whole it was a very negative time just because of the shadows that were casted with all the bullying um so yeah i mean it wasn't the worst but i certainly don't have the best memories from high school really which is sad um and when you mentioned earlier about me having no motivation and stuff, that's kind of because of that. And because of the bullying and because of the anxiety, I never got involved in high school stuff. And I always regretted that. Like, I never did extracurricular stuff after school. I never did like school plays or shows. I was never a prefect. That sort of things looking back, I would have loved to have done. But as soon as three o'clock came, I just wanted to get out the door because I just didn't want to be there. So I didn't want to make the effort and do extra things. Um, and that's why... I did say I didn't have any motivation because I just didn't really care that yeah. much um, because of the anxiety. Well, it's such a anxiety being such a, uh, it takes up so much space in our mind. It demands so much. It's a response that, you know, it, it presents itself when there's, when there's a perceived threat or danger. Yeah. I think that, you know, as you quite rightly say, if you're waking up every morning and going to a place that brings you nothing but, fear or upset yeah. or anxiety it's it's really it's, it's awful it's a really sad story yeah and i think that that's what makes it, it your story so um 
so important to share because you know you've been through that and you're right yeah. you, you know look I, I don't think anyone goes through high school secondary school uh unmarked in any way and, and some you know rightly so not rightly so sorry beg my pardon but some go through <laughs> it better than others yeah, yeah. yes uh, but no i agree um, you know it, it's a really difficult um a really difficult tale that you i think that's tell. a good point though i think that's a good point though because it's like with high school and becoming a teenager i think it's hard for every single teenager but then i always think if you've got an added either a certain sexuality or a disability or race it, it's just an it's an added layer and it's an added layer that you're kind of if you have any difference well back then i've left school now about seven years so back then if you had any kind of difference you are it's just it's you picked on for it because different then was perceived to be bad but then i've watched shows in the last few years of schools and i see people coming out and stuff and i'm like oh that's amazing that's really positive and it's happening and i'm like wow that's lovely i certainly couldn't have done that when i was at school and it's interesting it's really interesting though because since i've left school i have probably known of two three or four people who were in my year group who have since come out as gay or um a lesbian and i had no idea so when i was in school with them I, I didn't have an inkling. I really didn't. And and that's because they were trying so hard to keep it, you know, secret. And since then, when they've, when I found out, I'm like, wow, that's so, I was just so shocked because I never would have guessed that. And it just, it's kind of, it's just interesting because I guess they also felt like at the time they just had to, you know, keep themselves themselves. And since they've come out and they're having relationships and it's really, I really like that. I think it's really nice because they get into, um, they're getting to be themselves now, which is what they always wanted, I suppose. And it's what we all deserve to be, isn't it? And oh I know that during yes. that, that secondary school period, if you like, for me, I think secondary school is too big a chunk of time, really. There's there's a few developmental phases that we go through. In there that is, within it, yeah. It, it's so, it's, it's tricky at the best of times, but... But being able to be our true self, you know, I've spoke on on a previous couple of shows to some wonderful guests about authenticity and, and being oh, our true self. But I wasn't being my true self. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it. Yeah, and it's exhausting, James. It's exhausting. Well, I, you know, I it's gonna, exhausting. Ask that, yeah. So emotionally, that's what I mean. It's so draining because, again, with the anxiety as well, you almost get anxiety because you know you're not being yourself and you're having to wear a mask every day so that makes anxiety come along but then anxiety also comes on when you're bullied so it's like you're fighting and losing battle because if it's almost like in that situation it's a bit catch-22 you don't know what to do for the best and um, you don't really think it's going to be resolved in any way and i really didn't and that's why when i did leave school for me it wasn't emotional it was like yes yeah, <laughs> and for yeah. me it really was like yes um and when you do have to wear a mask and be somebody you're not, it's just so exhausting because you're just having to be, you're just having to be who you're, who you're not are. And I realised looking back that all I ever actually needed to do was be myself because when you're yourself, it's just so easy. It's effortless. And now for me, just being myself, it's the easiest thing ever. And I, I kind of think, God, why the hell didn't I do this sooner? Because people now well, i guess i'm lucky because people now just you know they they take jack for jack and they just take on face value and and they just they i, I mean i don't i know this is weird but i don't even think about my sexuality now i genuinely don't even think about it i just i don't know if that's because i'm not really into like i'm not really like an lgbt um kind of advocate in that way because for me i don't really like to define and put labels on things so although that's my sexuality, I don't really kind of speak about it much in day-to-day life because it's not a big deal for me. Um, and that's only because of everything I've been through and mm-hmm. I can now accept it. Um, and I did a talk um, last year at 
an LGBT event. And that was so interesting because it was an LGBT event and a lot of the audience were a lot older LGBT people. And it was really interesting because I was talking about my experience of coming out and um, they shared some of theirs. And obviously for them, it was like totally different. Now about your age, actually, about your age and a bit older. So they were like older, um, older people. Very young then. you'll have to um, excuse me there um (laughs) but yeah and that was really interesting because we got to kind of share different stories and i just i really like it and i also like the fact that now we're kind of we're coming away from the whole label stuff i mean Mm. yeah i think it's because i always think i've I don't want people just to think that because I've got so much to bring to the party. I've got so much to bring to the table. That, Jack Scale, that's the tiniest bit. That's the tiniest portion of my... Per- that's nothing to me. That's like the tiniest bit of who Jack is. And I, that's why I do all the work I do because I'm like, no, there's so many other different layers and bits to who I am. Um, I mean, if you fancy boys or girls, I really couldn't care less. I mean, who cares? <laughs> like, for me, I, that's how my thinking is. I just see it as the tiniest thing. I'm like, who cares? Like, do, do what you want to do. I mean, if it what makes you happy... Why not? Yeah. Well, I think what you said there was just, it's magical in terms of, I I wrote it down, but being myself is effortless. And I think it really is. (laughs) Yeah. If people can, if people, that must ring true to so many people that, you know, it it is a, it's a huge effort. It's It's an interesting effort to, to project forward a a full self constantly to, to try and fit in, to, to try and be what the world expects of us. But when we reverse that, and actually we do what makes us happy yeah. and what is right for us, then all of a sudden being ourselves does become effortless. So I think that's, that, that's, a, that's a really lovely sentiment that you, uh, that you say there. So I suppose, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but what, if you had an opportunity to go back and do mm. high school again, would you, uh, and would you do anything different or would you say, no, do you know what? It, it's where I am today and the past is the past. That's such an interesting question. Actually, I think I would do a few things differently only because I I just understand more now about life than I ever have done. So because I've got this understanding, I, I would live it more. I would kind of get involved in more things. And I would... Um, I'd explore like relationships like early on and just be more just kind of just being like, do you know what? This is who I am. And if you don't like it, I I don't care to put it really politely on radio, um, which mm. back then was the total opposite because I had no confidence or any self-esteem. And I wasn't the person that you see now, like this wasn't me. I, there was no confidence. There was no, you know, energy or self-esteem or anything like that. So I didn't have the confidence to say those kinds of things. And you know, I would go back and I would say it because my God, I've in that way I've been to Helen back. So I I know what's on that end of the spectrum, but I, then I know what's on the other end of the spectrum that I'm at now, um a long time after. And I just I just know how I know how incredible life can be. Mm-hmm. And I also know how extremely beneficial all of this is. And I know this is gonna sound so weird, but I'm I always say that I'm really grateful to be different i know that sounds weird but if i promise you i know this is gonna sound so strange to you but if someone said to me now you're gonna be born what do you want to be i'd still say yeah i'm gonna be gay i'm still gonna be different i actually would genuinely say that and that's only because i'm i just like being different i I like the fact i'm not average and I, i like the fact that i i've got a bit of an alternative message to give and i like the fact that i know i now know what 
I can give and I'm still kind of getting through all the whole self-worth stuff because for a long time I didn't have any self-worth and that was not that wasn't really to do with my sexuality that was also to do with that and my dad leaving so there's all sorts of things that have happened in my life that have kind of affected me in different ways and self-worth is a really big one and I had no self-love either and I had so there's been all these different things that amount up especially I think self-worth to be honest because I think when you don't have any self-worth, you definitely don't love yourself. You don't have a lot of confidence. You don't have self-esteem. It's all, I think self-worth is that thing where it's in the middle of the spiral diagram and then coming off self-worth is your self-love, your confidence, your self-esteem, your self-assurance, all that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I would do, I know that's so long-winded, but I probably would do a few things differently. But then there's also the bit of me that's like, no, I'm still also grateful that happened. Um, I never in a million years imagined I'd say that. I only sound grateful for it because as I've said several times to people, if it wasn't for those experiences that happened, I wouldn't be sitting on this podcast now um, mm. because I wouldn't be interested in wanting to help people or make a difference or inspire people. I just wouldn't. Um, this was never a path that I had in mind. I never imagined I'd be doing anything like the work I do now, never. Um, and it's almost like I had to go through all those hard times to be compelled to now want to help people um, be who they really want to be, basically. Mm. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so if, um, well, there's a couple of bits I wanted to pick up on there. One, one self-worth. I think that's the bit that keeps burning at the center of my mind there, actually. So I think we'll run with, with, with that yeah. and, and come back to the other question, because I, like you, think that self-worth is something that is the, at, the, at the very core, the very essence of God, our it existence. is. It is. You know, and it's probably something that is underrepresented or undervalued sometimes because yeah. it's the richness of our existence around well i always say theoretically speaking i, I always say that self-worth is made up of four key constituents four key parts and they are uh, whether we feel respected yes whether we feel loved and listened to <laughs> yeah big one uh, whether we feel as though we're being taken seriously yeah and whether we feel uh, we're being understood. Have I said that one twice? I'm just no, I don't think so. Late. No, okay, so yeah, <laughs> understood, taken seriously, respected, and listened to. Okay, yes. so those, those those are the four. Um, and I can't remember who wrote the theory, but anyway, if we look at those four key constituents, they are they can only be stimulated by another. And the fact that we're social creatures, we're tribal creatures. What's important to us is connection with others. Oh my god, it um, is. You know, and I think that if we're not being our true self, so if we look at what, what high school was like for, for yourself and yeah. many others as well, really difficult. So we, we were projecting out a false self. So therefore, the true self, in terms of the self-worth, can never be truly stimulated. No. Present. That's a good point. I think it's like when you said that, it makes me think that actually the true self the whole time was almost being starved of oxygen within me. <laughs> I know that's Ooh. the weird way of saying it, but the yeah. true self was being starved of so much oxygen. It was just like very weak, very like... Mm ugh, why? why? Why do I bother? Why should I bother? Um, because we were masking it the whole time, so it didn't want to play. It did, just didn't want to play ball because we weren't letting it be there. We weren't letting it speak out. Um, I wasn't letting it speak out, and that's just because of the situation I was in. Um, and also because when you are going through all of that, you don't know any better either. Like All of these insights that I now have, they've only come after, and it's been like that for everything I've ever been through. So when you're in the moment, when you're in the the storm and the clouds are above you don't see any of this you don't see the positive side of it you don't see the hope or the potential of what could be you just see what you're dealing with and what you're going through and it's hard and it's it's not a nice situation to be in and you just want it to end you don't have the energy to think about anything else mentally um so even if somebody would have said all this to me or all these kinds of different things back then i just 
I probably would have agreed and been like, yeah, sure, nodded my head, but it wouldn't have gone in. It wouldn't have sunk in. A lot of these, I guess, if you want to call them awakenings, mini awakenings have all happened many years after upon a lot of reflection. And why do you think that is? Is that just a, is that just a maturing process? Because one of the question, one of the questions I was going to ask before I went off on the self worth aspect was, why was the confidence not there then? And what was it about sort of the later years leaving school that then over these past few years you've galvanised and question. cultivated that confidence? So because I wasn't allowed to be my true self in school, um, and I also just felt like because of that I projected it onto everything else so I felt like I wouldn't be my true self anywhere with family even to be honest um and I guess my dad leaving as well that subconsciously was a problem I want to speak about that as well I think because that's a big one um Mm. because of that happening and that's another one this is this is what I think not that I like this, but I think this is what's nice to be listening. There's a lot of things I can relate to because it's not just sexuality or mental health because my dad left and I felt abandonment, a lot of abandonment. Um, because of that, I was also feeling like, okay, I'm blaming myself straight away. That happened because you're not this enough. You're not man enough. You're not whatever it is, whatever it was for me. I thought it's my sexuality. Um, so because of that added thing of the not good enough, that's why I just didn't have that confidence in school because I thought how can I be confident in myself when I just don't feel like I'm good enough and it always it's that saying isn't it I'm not it just comes back to that again they're not good enough doesn't it really um and that is literally the self-worth thing is even something I'm still working on now because I think it's such a big one I think it's such a big one and I think I've got no um qualms in saying that because I think it's ongoing and so it's not that broken fixed approach this is something about us that organic living breathing process that we're constantly all working through i think so because i I guess i should give a shout out to um i'm not sure if you even know this i went on a podcast about this subject do you know about this i do i do okay so you know that journey so that was i I guess i should be a winkleman and um yeah byron i mean i've and I always feel a bit weird talking about this because it, it doesn't feel real that it happened because it was a bit surreal. Um, and basically, I was just on social media one day on Twitter and I saw an advertisement for something that I thought was totally opposite to what it was. I thought it was a, some podcast. It didn't say who it was with. It didn't mention any names like Claudia Winkleman at this point. Um, I thought it was about sharing your story. I just thought it was about talking about what you've done. So I thought, oh, okay, I could talk about like my advocacy. Um, so after that, the producer phones me and um, she was like, actually, this is... Um, a new show being produced that is all about family issues. I thought, oh, okay, I think I've got the wrong thing here. And um, But then something in me thought, wait a minute, this must be a sign from the universe because I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. Um, she said, is there anything you could talk about? I said, well, actually, there really is because I, I've been estranged from my dad for him quite a few years. I could talk about that. She was like, okay, I'll send you notes over to Tanya and we'll let you know if she's interested. I thought, okay. I didn't really expect to hear much back from that. Um, that was last year. Um last summer and then yeah i get an email saying tanya would love to speak to you it's going to be in london and then that's when at the very last minute they just said oh by the way it's been hosted by claudia winkleman i guess i didn't say that originally because if i had done lots more people would have applied i suppose um so last october i went to london and it came out um in january so yeah mm-hmm. this year so it was, that was interesting in itself because although i recorded it in october and i processed it and then i left it alone 
in January when it came out, all the emotions then came back up because I had all these messages off. Um, well, a lot of the messages actually were off strangers, weirdly. So a lot of um, so Claudia put it on her social media, and I think because of that, lots of people saw it, and then they all started messaging me. So that was a very weird thing to go through. But the actual podcast and the bit I should, I guess, I should say is that it was talking to a clinical psychologist, um, Professor mm-hmm. Tanya Byron, about um the non-relationship that I had with my dad at the time. And it to cut a long story short and without sounding too dramatic, it was the most enlightening experience I've ever had since my spiritual awakening because she said things to me that I've never been told. And it was very mind-blowing because prior to that interview, literally on that exact day beforehand, my thinking was, I blame myself. It's because of me that we don't have a relationship. It's because of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um as a teenager, I saw him um, a few times a year, and we'd 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 do things together. And it was there was never really much connection, and I just it, we didn't really click much, really. So we had a relationship on and off, and then it kind of fizzled out. Hence, why I did the podcast. Um, and she just made me realise actually, it's not your fault. It really never was, and it wouldn't even matter what your sexuality was. This still would have happened, and it's because of your dad and what he's like in terms of his mental health, because he suffers with mental health as well. Um, and he, he just, it's because of that. And I, it was so enlightening because I always blame myself, and I always thought it was because of me. And it truly made me realise it's not because of me. <laughs> um, so that was a, a huge experience, and that's helped so much because I literally had a narrative. Um, therapy session so it was literally a narrative therapy session that she did with me mm. and you know if i had had to have gone and had that done with her it would have cost like we're talking a lot a lot of money um, and that's why i do so i'm really grateful for that chance because I, i'm really well aware that this is not something that anybody can go and have done and um, it was a one-off thing i know that but when i can say it's been life-changing i I can work, I can I can't put it into words. It really has been life changing. It's just changed everything in terms of my healing and my journey. Um and since then, life has been a lot better. Well, I mean, what an incredible opportunity and one that, you know, just just come off the off the back of scrolling through social media. Literally it was those that are interested in in hearing that it's the uh tanya byron and claudia winkleman podcast how did we get here um and yes. it is a really fascinating listen and I, and I think again that that little snapshot of you know what goes on um did you listen to it yeah I did it was you good yeah so what do you know yeah. from your perspective then because obviously you, you know you do work in the field what did you i mean for me it was very very i don't know if you got this but f- recording it was very emotional i mean I've, i i was very naive to be honest because on the morning going to london i was a little bit nervous but not much and then in the room in the room with claude and tanya it became very real very quickly and um you only hear 45 minutes but i was actually in the studio for about three hours it was very intense and they just cut it all down and um, they did include all the good bits though i think to be honest in terms of how they told it but for me it was very emotional um the day after and the night after recording that i had such an intense bout of anxiety i felt so ill physically from doing it um, not in a bad way i knew what was happening i was like i know what's happening i'm having anxiety because of what's all come out of pandora's box yeah um, and i know this sounds weird but i was kind of okay with that anxiety during those couple of days after because I knew what was going on it was all processing um but then when that anxiety lifted 
it's literally like then healing began. Like healing did begin. So it's like I was very uncomfortable. Then the anxiety was there. And I've had this before where I'm very uncomfortable. And then there's a lot of anxiety. But then after that, sometimes things can begin to lift and kind of process. So I don't know if you got from listening, but it was very emotional doing it. <laughs> It it was, and I I think that listen, I I think uh, Tanya's amazing at what she does, uh, and and well respected in the field. The uh, it's a really difficult uh, question because of because of the subject matter in in the sense that you know for me um i'm a huge advocate of making the the therapy space open and what i mean by that not not you know open to all but i think for a very long time it's you know the the, the therapeutic space has always been a hidden space yeah um it should be a contained space it should be a safe yeah, space yeah. For, yeah. for both the practitioner and the individual and rightly so because then it gives us the confidence to go near those difficult subject mm. matter that, that, that difficult in, in internal conflict um but it shouldn't be a hidden space because I, I believe that if we open the door and i think this is why what tanya and claudia done and i think why your show was was so powerful and potent was because it gave a glimpse into that recovery and that healing and the importance and that sort of enlightenment that you speak about where it starts to unlock something oh god it um, did it was um just and again, that's why I want to say I'm a huge advocate for therapy as well, because I really, from family members having it, for me having counselling, which I know is slightly different, but I'm just such a big advocate for this stuff because I really believe it works um, if you give it enough time. I think mm. if you give it enough time, when you go to the first one, from my own experience, you're not going to, nothing's going to happen. This, it's like a lot of the things I guess we, we're talking about tonight, today, whenever you're listening, none of this stuff is a one fix all. It's never going to work overnight. The first time you meditate, you will not feel like anything's changed after. The first time you've gone to therapy, you you won't feel like much has happened after. But four weeks, five weeks, six weeks after for meditating, for therapy, for counselling, I mean, for any kind of practice or exercise that you do like CBT, you will start to see benefits in lots of different ways. But I think with all this stuff, it is consistency and it's just being willing to give it a go because if I had gone into that room in London feeling very close and like I'm not really going to go there I would have left the same day not really feeling like I'd achieved much I'd be like hey it was okay but nothing much happened but I don't have myself to blame because I wasn't open to it so I went in there totally open and that's why I did feel very very vulnerable um, mm. and naturally as humans we don't like feeling vulnerable that's why when I'm recording this podcast now, and I always say this when I do interviews, if you see, like, I can see you on my um, camera on Zoom. If mm. I'm looking away, it's because I don't really want to look because I don't really want to engage with it. So if you hear me talking about stuff and I'm looking away, it's because that's how I cope with it. Um, because when we're talking about past trauma and things, it's it's quite hard to talk about. So I remember when I did the um, podcast with uh, Claudia at times, I was looking away when I was talking because I just, I, I can't, always like do it yeah. and um so yeah it's 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 very uncomfortable and when i went to counseling and stuff years ago that was uncomfortable too but the layers very carefully very carefully get peeled back bit by bit by bit and um yeah I, i'm just a huge advocate for things that work and um yeah well i think that you know you speak so so well about it jack and i and you know and i'm really pleased that the listeners hopefully that that that's coming across for them but and a point you make there around vulnerability you know for us to grow there has to be a a period of vulnerability and we can we can see that from a psychology or or, or counseling mm. perspective as well and I, I remember 
remember watching this program years ago where uh, I'm going to do it a disservice, but these were like, it was like a nature program and there, there was these massive, I want to say spider crabs. I'm right. not sure there are environmentalists or, or <laughs> marine biologists out there that are going to curse me, but there was these huge big spider crabs that all sort of migrate together, hundreds of thousands of them, um, and they all migrate when they're about to grow, and they, oh, they all yes. uh, congregate mm. together, this big mass, right? And uh, and what they do is they shed their shell, their hard shell, because actually they're, they're growing out of it. And when they shed their shell, obviously the layer that's underneath is all soft. And that means that they're vulnerable to predators. Yeah. But they they congregate together to, to protect themselves as well. But what we're seeing is that actually for them to outgrow that old hardened shell, mm. they've got to be vulnerable for a period of time. And then yes. the shell toughens again and then we move forward and move forward. Wow. And it just as you were telling that, it just sort of took me back to that as well. So I, I will sort of put out there i'm sorry to any marine biologist that but please you know tweet me or, or yes. reach my social media and correct me but but the message is there that actually for us to grow it's important that we that we traverse or we move for a period of vulnerability definitely now jack listen before we move on uh let why let's kick off with one of your songs i think oh because, um, let's do really it important. and and you know that um and all the listeners know that i'm i'm you know the choices of the of the guests i've the picked these really interestingly actually well um, i you know i feel terrible only giving two choices but i don't want to take away from the story of the individual but equally i think the music adds to the narrative and there's a well. story behind both of them as well right yeah, well there I tell is. You what, let's kick off with song one and uh and when we come back uh you can tell us all about why you chose this one cool uh I'm James Rose. This is the Happiness Algorithm. I'm joined by Jack Wharton, and this is his first song choice.
mama said, don't give up, it's a little complicated, all tied up, no more love, and I'd hate to see you waiting, they say it's all been done, but they haven't seen the best of me, so I got one more run, and it's gonna be a sight to see, had to have high, high hopes for a living, shooting for the stars when I couldn't make a killing, Phoenix FM. Welcome back to the Happiness Algorithm with me, James Roast. Uh, I'm joined. Uh, my special guest on today's episode is Jack Walton. Uh, Jack, that was your first song choice. Yes. That was High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. What an amazing song. So I, this is probably my all-time favourite song and it, it really is all about the lyrics. It's, for me now, it's my favourite song because it's so motivational. It's all about having having high hopes having a dream having an ambition you want to work towards having the goals that you want to achieve and i just i can see it in myself so much it's like yeah i, I had the vision i had the dreams and it's like high hopes and i'm like yes it's just all about what that song that she's about what my life is right now it's just about achieving and being and setting the goals and making it happen basically lovely lovely it's the it's the the theme tune to your life at the moment. it literally is yeah <laughs> Well, we before we took that break, we uh, we touched upon uh, a previous podcast you went on, uh, yes. the uh, with Claudia Winkleman and Tanya Byron, the "How Did We Get Here" podcast, and it and it unlocked something for you. It spoke a lot. Well, it was the first time you'd revisited some stuff that around mm. your relationship with dad and where that came to, yeah. and the narrative that was running throughout sort of your adolescence into early adulthood. Yeah, and so. You said that you know the, the for the for the weeks after once you sort of discharged all of that energy, yeah, it left you feeling a little. It left you feeling better about sort of where things were at yeah. for you. It's interesting. So I like after it, I just it was so heavy. It was just a lot to process. This is, I guess, to put it in, it's, it's hard to put it into words because this is stuff that literally haunted me for twenty two years without sounding dramatic. Mm-hmm. My whole life, this haunted me throughout my whole childhood and teenage years, and right up until last year. Even after being on my spiritual path for three years and trying to heal it as best I could, mm-hmm. um, when I went in there, Tanya said something that sums this up perfectly. And she said that you have been trying so hard to use your positive thinking to reframe this situation with your dad and you realise you can't do it. And I said, you know what? You've got it in one. I'm going to be honest. You've got it in one. I have been trying so hard to reframe this with the positive thinking, with the new beliefs I've got, with the new attitude. But as she so rightly said, this is one, this is just the one thing that you really can't use that formula for. 
And that is why I had to go and speak to somebody like a therapist. And it just happened to be on a podcast. I mean, if that didn't have happened, I guess years later, I might have gone and paid to go to see one and it would have been a different situation. I'm very grateful it happened the way it did because it's happened very early on in my journey. Like I'm only 22 um, and it happened, which I'm really grateful for because you know, for literally my whole life, I just, I just blame myself. And it's because of me and it's, it's my fault and I'm not good enough. And I was constantly just wanting that love and attention and affection that I wasn't getting from that place. And going on that podcast made me realize I actually don't need to search for it anymore because it's not real, that external validation. I've got to go within and I've got to go from literally within um, and that's the stuff I talk about all the time and it was a matter of having to practice what I preach mm-hmm. um, which is actually quite hard sometimes I mean we I can say all this stuff to people on my page and it's great but to then t- take it on board for yourself it, of course it's another level it's another layer because we have to again go there and be uncomfortable um, and because we know ourselves so well better than anybody else that's why it's uncomfortable because we know ourselves from back to front. Um, so I guess going on that. some bits though that we just can't see? Do you think that sometimes it's through yeah. relationship, whether it be with... with it is, you're right. It be. is. It is because I couldn't see it. I mean, I, I've invested so much time and energy into reading personal development books and mental health and like courses and all these different things throughout the last three years. And, I still had this issue that I just couldn't move past and it just wasn't getting, it just wasn't like I was always trying to kind of stamp it into the ground. And I use this analogy when I was on the podcast where it's almost like I was stamping down into the soil, that little weed that kept coming up. And every time Mm. it came up and shut up, I'd stamp it down again and stamp it down again. Um, And almost in terms of a physical sense, what I was doing was the thoughts were coming up, the emotions were coming up. I was just ignoring. I was saying, no, we're not thinking about that. We're too busy. No, we're not thinking about that. We've got to be positive, which for me was so unhealthy. That wasn't working. Um, And again, at the time, I didn't see it. So going on that, it made me realize, actually, no, it's it's valid to feel this way. It's okay. But actually, everything you've ever thought is is untrue. And Mm. that's why it was very like, oh, my God, this is weird. This is... Um, at the same way, amazing, powerful, scary. It was everything all in one because, like, she was literally telling me everything you've ever thought is kind of a lie, um, and it was it was like the biggest weight off my shoulders um, because we do we always blame ourselves. I mean, we all I know from experience when, like, for example, if your friend's in a bad mood, are you like, oh God, what have I done to what have I done to offend them? What have I, what have I done? Or if someone else is like, what have I done? What have I done to upset somebody? We always go to ourselves first. Like, what have I done? It yeah. was like that for me, but of course, because it was my parent um, and because there was a lot of attachment to it that I had attached to it, it was on a whole new level. It was it was very damaging for me. Um, and that's still something I'm working on now. I'm going to be totally honest. That's still something I work on now, even after going on the podcast, because there's still stuff for me to move past and to heal. Um, but also, I'm so open about that because healing's an ongoing journey. Healing never ends. Healing never ends in lots of different aspects. Um, and I'm always working on healing and just becoming a better me all the time. I mean, I like that because it keeps me always evolving. And the old me, like I say the old me, the me before what I'm doing now, I was always stagnating. I never was really moving anywhere. Um, so now I embrace those moments of healing I embrace having times where I've got anxiety and I know I need to move past something because again not for everybody but for me when I'm having 
anxiety bouts, as I call them. It's because there's something going on deeper in, within me that I need to work on and I need to start shifting. And I know that I always get it straight away. I know that I always joke to people that I'm my own therapist because <laughs> that is how it truly feels. I And even in, Tanya kind of agreed with me. She's like, you do actually have a very big understanding that a lot of people don't have. And um, I didn't realise that. I just, I just know that a lot of the times I always get why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I always know, Jack... This is deeper than this. You know why it is. And that's what's uncomfortable. I do know why. And that's when I have to start shifting it. Is the shifting easy? No, because I'm still just a human. It's really not easy at all. It just means I've got an understanding of why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? And what can I begin to do to get to a better place where I'm not feeling this way? Well, it's wonderful to hear. And I think it's I think that's a very important point to raise that actually it has to start with self. We have to start you know beginning to in some part be our own therapist because yeah. otherwise what we're going to do is keep looking to the outside for the answers yeah you're right you know no one going back to a point you raised earlier no one's going to know us better than ourselves now we may be there may be some blind spots that we need yeah. help on or we need to talk to someone about but essentially we've always got to look inside of self first that's got to be the first port call we've got to be able to have that confidence to say and to your to your point you know something's not right here something's I not right yeah something's not right what is it and then we go on that sort of exploratory journey a little soft investigation to determine actually am i going to uncover it or is it because of this is it because of that and and i think that enables us to feel less fearful about you're right being, anxious about a situation you're right like, yeah you know, being anxious or being afraid of something is a normal reaction you're right um, it's really comforting i think yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, let's, let's, um, if we may jump back. Let's sort of talk jump. Here. I was about to say. Yeah, to <coughs> the spiritual. Oh, yes, please. The okay. Beginning of your journey in, okay. in that part of your life. So tell us, uh, tell us a bit about that. So I'll give you a very brief backstory. There, there won't be probably time to go over every single aspect because a lot happened um, before that. So. I guess I have to mention the mental health side of it very briefly, just so it's out there and it's been mentioned. So in 2010, so oh God, so that's, oh my gosh, that's 10 years ago now. I literally just realized. So, so yeah, so in 2010, I was 13. So like year eight of high school. And in that year, two really bad things happened in quite quick succession. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So in July, in the summer, uh, my house was broken into and we had a really traumatic break-in and that was very traumatic and it wasn't, you know, it's a really um, nasty situation. And then six months later in the December, my nan died and that was my first experience of lo- losing anybody. And she wasn't just a nan, she was literally like a second mom. I saw her like, God, six days a week because I had a single mom and they were always looking after us after school. So I saw her six days a week. I spoke to her on the seventh day, most likely. So she was in my life. She was like a, you know, a, a second mom. She really was. And she died very suddenly. So because of these two bad things happened in quick succession, after the break-in, I was absolutely fine. We were offered help and support and all this stuff, like victim support counseling. I was like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. I genuinely did feel fine. And that's why at the very beginning of the show today, I mentioned about delayed reactions. I had another delayed reaction and it did come on after. So in the 2011, just literally after the Christmas, everything you know happened in the six month period. That's when my mental health just plummeted. So prior to this, I had anxiety, which I thought was bad at the time. I, I, 
if I thought that was bad, I didn't have a clue what was going to happen next. Because I can safely say that now that anxiety I had during school is nothing compared to what happened um, when I was a teenager from 13 onwards, 13 to about 15. So my mental health just took a very, very bad down spiral in 2011 when I was um, 13 in terms of all of a sudden developing compulsive habits, having to like check locks literally numerous amounts of times. If there's a slight noise or anything at home, I'd be up on eggshells like, what's wrong, what's wrong? Like very like scared all the time. Like I always had anxiety at school and I was scared at school, but when I got home, I could rest and relax. But now I was anxious in both places. So I was just exhausted. Um, I also developed stuff where I just couldn't really leave the house. So I remember, I just remember just going to like somewhere like a shopping centre, a shopping mall was such an overwhelming experience. It was like the lights, the people, just, just too much. It was just too overwhelming. So it just got to point where I was just really, really poorly. I was just poorly. Um, and all of this was happening. I was like, I don't recognise myself. This is scary. I, I just felt like I was out of control. Um, and multiple times I wanted to, um, yeah, not be here. Um multiple nights I remember thinking I really don't want to wake up to my morning if this is what it's going to be like I don't want to do this anymore and to cut a long story very short I was diagnosed with PTSD so post-traumatic stress disorder um, and anxiety so the anxiety wasn't like a shock to me or my family because we knew that from being bullied but the PTSD was such a shock because I thought gosh that's something like soldiers get I, I, I can't be having this but they said no um if traumatic things happen it could be like you have a car crash it could be again like you lost in the robbery. It could be, it could be like anything, anything that's slightly traumatic to you can cause it. Um, and yeah, I had PTSD from the age of 13 and I had counselling. I had counselling through CAMS, which is the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service, which was amazing. And I also had two types of counselling. I had that counselling and then I also had a counsellor at school. So I was having two types going on as a teenager and the CAMS counselling was amazing. I was off medication and things. I said, no, I, it was my own choice. I didn't want to have that. And I did um, recover and get better. Was it easy? No. It took a long time. It, it took a lot of counselling, but the PTSD did. I, I don't want to say it just went, but I guess it just started to dissipate over time. I can't remember how, but it just began to get... Le- like the symptoms were just less and less. The thoughts were less scary. My My thinking was always so toxic in terms of something bad is going to happen to me or somebody I love or a friend or somebody I care about that's what it was 24 7 I was literally obsessed with something bad happening I mean it was just it was all encompassing these symptoms were so I couldn't live a normal life for a few years and it just felt like forever but I did begin to get better and yeah it was just very so gradual but I did get better from that and I can look back now and it's just I mean there's no kind of there's no remains of it left now, really, which is nice. I mean, I still I still have times where I remember it and I speak about it so much. I think it's because I've spoken about it so much now that I'm almost desensitised to it. Um, but yeah, it was like the worst time of my life, but I'm, I'm here, I'm alive and I got through it. And yeah, that's what happened prior to the spiritual awakening, many years before the spiritual awakening. And after I started to get better and started college, uh, although mentally I was a lot better, I had no P- PTSD anymore, I didn't really have much anxiety. I still had a bit of social anxiety around people. Mm. But the way I see it, looking back, is that because of the poor mental health I had, my mindset, my mindset was left in kind of tatters. I was just very negative. 
I had no self-esteem or confidence in even after school. I, I didn't have any love for myself. And it's it's like all that like I'd recovered from the mental health side of things. My mindset was just so bad because of what I'd been through. So that's where I was at overall beforehand. This is when you're starting college, you'd left second. Yeah, so I'm like um, I'm like seventeen now. Right. Um, and eighteen actually. To leave secondary school. Was that a big you said earlier that it was almost like a sense of relief? You know, you was pleased yeah. when it finished year eleven. You then went off to what, a separate college or something? Yeah, I did. Um which was nice because I came out in my sexuality there. Mm. And oh my god, people were just so nice. I mean it was just such a weird concept because people were just like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you're gay, so what? And I was like, oh, this is weird. I've never had... still had a negative mindset? You, God, yeah. That, Hell yeah. still an overlap. Yeah. And that's, I guess it's the good point. I came out of my sexuality and I've always said this since, does that mean I accepted it? Hell no. Does that mean I embraced it? Absolutely not. I said it. That's as far as it went. It didn't mean anything else to me. Then I didn't accept it. I didn't want to. I didn't embrace it. So um, that took a long time. I mean, that took a few years after that, to be fair. It's, it's been ongoing. And and now it's just, I mean, it's just, I just accept me. So it's just, that's just one part of me. But college was a good experience. But I still, I just still, I still didn't feel good with myself. I was still very shy and very not confident because I just had so many years of being the opposite of that. So I guess I just wasn't, I just wasn't, it just wasn't me. It wasn't in my nature then. I wasn't in my like makeup to be like that because I'd never really, apart from when I was very younger, before all of this happened, I just, that wasn't Jack. That wasn't who I was. I was just very not confident. I just didn't have much self-esteem and I'd rather just remain quiet and in the background where now, I mean, I do all these things where I just wouldn't have even had the confidence to do anything like it. Like the speaking, I do talks now and it's amazing. And back then, I hated the way I spoke. I felt like my voice was too high. That stopped me from literally even wanting to do a presentation in school. I hated it. Anything about public speaking, I literally had a phobia of it. And now I do it. And people are like, oh my God, how do you now do public speaking? And it's because I've had to work on it. And it's Mm. because I realized that if you want to speak to people and spread your message, you're going to have to very quickly learn how to get over this fear and make yourself go and do it. And I have had to be very self-disciplined with myself. But I'm saying that from a place of complete love and acceptance where because I'm my own best friend, I will push myself to go and make that happen and to go and work on it and to go and be uncomfortable for a little minute because I know that when I've been uncomfortable, I'll then feel stronger and grow as a result. But again, that's only because I now have a good relationship with me. It's it's all part and parcel, I think. So it's that there's something in there about, you, you said that love and acceptance of self, being your best friend and, mm. you know, pushing yourself in uh, into yeah or things that are going to challenge you and then out of that comes comes growth was there a an epiphany was there a turning point was there something yes changed in your life there was and i guess that's that's the the biggest bit of the journey and that's in 2016 um so in 2016 i was 19 and this is just before starting university so I, I, i finished college and i was about to start university in the september of 2016 so in the June of that year, so exactly four years ago this year, so it's only been four years, but it just feels like forever now. And that's basically when like life changed in so many different ways. But I just want to stress before I explain it, nothing happened overnight. It was it was kind of like a domino effect. More and more things came to my life. I began, all of this is because I've actually had to do things. I've not just been sitting here. I've had to 
work on all the things I'm going to talk about now. So I had a spooch the awakening and basically I was in bed one day. Um, it was my granddad's birthday meal. I was at home ill. I had like a really high temperature. I wasn't feeling very well. I was in bed ill. I was home alone. Everybody was at the house and basically I'm there. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I hear my own voice speaking to me Um which now I would refer to as my subconscious, but back then I I didn't have any understanding of that or I never heard myself like that then because I wasn't spiritual. I, I had no kind of, there was no connection between, you know, mind and body and all that. And the voice was like very insistent and it was my voice, but it didn't sound like me. And that's the weird thing. It was me, but it sounded like a more confident version of me. And that's what I've always said since. It, it was definitely me, but it didn't sound like me then. It, it sounded more, I guess the, the best word would be self-assured, uh, more aware and just, very confident and he was like if you don't stop this negative thinking this judgment you're not loving yourself you don't accept who you are if you do not stop this you're literally going to be on a collision course for disaster and I still remember that line a collision course for disaster because it was very like profound um and it was like oh my god what um and then something happened where it was just like a light bulb it's the best way I can describe it is like for the very first time my eyes were wide open and I was like, oh my God, that's, it's right. I, I don't love who I am. I don't accept who I am. I'm not happy with my life. I, I'm not achieving what I want to achieve. I am thinking negatively because also I've not explained. I was a very negative thinker. I'd always think negative about things and say pessimistic comments like, oh, that's too good to be true or things like that don't happen to people like me. I had such a victim mentality at that age. I was so negative and just, I just had, I was just so negative about everything and judgmental. And whenever good things happen to me, I can guarantee you that it wouldn't be too long before it would reverse itself and like things would go wrong and things wouldn't work out. And I didn't see it then, but that's because I was just I was just thinking so negatively. And I thought, oh my God, he's, he's, I'm right. This is happening. I am making, I am doing all of this to myself. I'm the one who is messing it all up. I don't need anybody to do it for me. I'm literally self-sabotaging. And it was just like so many light bulbs went off and things began to change very, very, very slowly. From there... Um, and the biggest thing that happened from there was the same day I was on social media and I came across a photo that Mel B from the Spice Girls posted, which is so random. It was a photo of a book. Um, so she posted a photo of a book on her Instagram and the book on there said self-love. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Um, I think I need some of that because I've literally just heard in this kind of whatever it was, this voice, I need to love myself growing up I thought self-love was egotistical narcissistic big-headed you don't look you know self-love was not spoke about that wasn't a thing so I thought should I love myself and literally from that day on I just started researching things this is how it all happened I started looking at YouTube videos on self-love I then started practicing self-love I then and that's what's happened as a domino effect. I then began to discover the law of attraction like attracts like mm-hmm. and the power of positive thinking and literally James, from that moment in June 2016, it's just been me trying things, picking things up, discarding what's not for me. Things like, very briefly, setting goals, affirmations, discovering meditation, um, reading books like The Secret and doing the the Magic 28-Day Challenge, which is all about changing your thought patterns and really working on thinking more positively and just trying to change my mindset and that's what happened from 2016 it literally wasn't me sitting there and everything changed in a blink hell no um i've had you know lots of pitfalls in the last four years like any normal person has but life has definitely been the best it ever has in the last four years just because 
when your mindset changes and when you when that changes everything changes like i've even my own mum says to me god you've you've changed beyond recognition i do actually feel like my brain um neuroplasticity has changed if you want to get really technical and um i've got proof that's happened only because if you do things for a certain amount of time it creates this is so deep but it creates like a belief system then a habit and because of that i literally have changed my brain plasticity um and it's just been dedication i mean if i had done these things for a day nothing would have changed it's been four years and yeah. people see my instagram and social media i think oh my god look at all this it's, it's amazing and it's good that i've done these things yeah but you haven't seen behind the scenes where i've been working hard to do the goals and to get up early and to work on myself and to meditate and to really be uncomfortable with myself and to feel the emotions and to actually feel them head on and to to like do the the positive kind of thoughts it is it has been hard of course it has but at the same time throughout the four years i've known jack this is going to be worth it because I have seen things happen in four years that I never, I never expected to see in my wildest yeah. dreams, basically. Well, I think, that, and that's the, I think for the listeners, the point you make there as well is that it's not magic. God, you know, it really there's, isn't. There's, there's, it really there's, isn't. There's such riches that come from it, but there's also hard bits as well. Loads of hard bits. Say you know the dedication, but but the proof's in the pudding, and it does start to 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 it takes off. time though yeah yeah and, and i think I, that's the thing and it's hard and i think it, it, this is this is sort of driven by society sometimes that there is this, you're right it's instant living. gratification there we go do you know yeah, what i mean like, do you know when um it's almost like that straight away we want to see the results we want to see the before mm. and the after shot we want to like if somebody went on my instagram now that that's the thing they, they judge me and they'd say oh look what is done on his instagram that's great but they don't see what's happened to get here and it's still happening mm. now and it, it always when it, it's the work it's the progress it's the it's the saying no to going on nights out with friends it's saying no to doing certain things like when i was working in, in university um it was like that it's the same thing it was like working very hard and saying no to the fun and, and actually putting in the effort because i knew again within me that jack this is worth it this is worth it um and trust me you will weep the rewards and i definitely have just in terms of my, for me i don't need a big enough reward than having good physical and mental health i mean that's all i'm ever like wow i've got good health what else do i need mm-hmm. i mean if anything can come from this that's all i can ever say is that i get to have a good level of mental health i mean and also my physical health because i used to have very bad physical health because my mental health would affect it a lot in terms of physical symptoms um so now and that was in the form of ibs it was for bound syndrome yeah. um which i've actually since i know news of it but i have actually since cured ibs from being on my spiritual journey and um, i've literally cured it which is i guess that's another topic for another day um but that's all i need i don't need anything else just to be able to feel good about myself is the biggest takeaway but again you know we see see so many people at the clinic as well there's there's a huge strong correlation between our physical health and our mo- uh, uh, oh god health yes and, and and they do complement one another and sometimes if we're not necessarily looking after ourselves as best as we can from an emotional or psychological perspective it can present in a physical form as well and we see this frequently with uh ibs and, and such yeah. symptoms there's a beautiful book called the second brain all about the digestive system. yeah really good read okay so i think so, i need to read that because <laughs> like for me Please. when um yeah i guess a lot of people can relate when you have anxiety when you have anxiousness it can go to your shoulders it can go mm. to your head mine was my my, my stomach like here mm. it just went to my abdomen and then um, 
yeah that's i guess that's a whole different story but i just i did suffer pretty badly with um ibs for quite a few years um and that is definitely something i never thought would get better because like god i, I had to be so careful about everything and i had to like i just before even going out on trips and things i always had to think about things that i really shouldn't have been thinking about um and since so literally i remember so i started my spiritual journey in 2016 and by the following year by 2017 um ibs wasn't here anymore it wasn't even that like i don't even have like it's not even sensitive anymore i just have an average human like stomach now which Mm. for me i never ever thought that would happen because it was always so sensitive and it was just i don't know i still have to be careful now but it will let me get away with things it will let me like eat stuff that i never used to eat before it will let me really kind of just live a normal life where i guess it never used to so yeah that's a different story well, there. i mean we can you know often i'll say to to individuals i'm working with you know it's not a bad thing sometimes it can be a little red flag or a warning that if we're yeah. missing something emotionally and psychologically mm. if, if 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 physically something flares up it can be an indicator that we've missed it so again it's never a flaw it's so never not a bad broken. thing it's so not no. a bad thing like if anyone's listening to this thinking oh my god don't because i'm i never realized and one Last year, I saw just an article uh, on The Guardian. It was like, IBS is psychological. I was like, oh my God, I've never realized that until now. But yeah, you're right. For me, in, in my case, it was. It really was. Um, it's powerful. It could be- yeah, I mean, for many, it, you know, it's always worth exploring all areas. You know, there could be underlying organic. That's what um, I mean. Like, situations, it's, yeah. There so, is, there's saying that though, there is like still food i literally a few things i literally can't eat just because it won't let me that's doesn't matter how many positive thoughts or affirmations i do before i eat it it still won't work um so yeah but in the grand scheme of things it did dissipate so that's nice it is well listen let's before we move on let's uh i think we should we should play your second song oh my god hell yes um but i I mean i must i must give a nod to two you know your story is absolutely fascinating but i never thought i'd put these two ladies in the same bracket okay um that have that have you know been such a such an important part of your journey we we touched on tanya byron there oh yeah psychologist (laughs) wonderful and uh, and also in that bracket is the start of your spiritual journey, which is Mel B. So Mel yeah. B and Tanya Bryan as two leading ladies on your. I mean, uh, the universe works in very very strange it, ways. <laughs> it certainly does. Well, Jack, let's go to your second song choice. Uh, I'm James Rose. I'm joined uh, with uh, on the show by Jack Walton. Uh, this is the Happiness Algorithm, and this is Jack's second song choice. <laughs> I can swear, I can joke I say what's on my mind If I drink, if I smoke I keep up with the guys And you'll see me holding up My middle finger to the world Fuck your ribbons and your pearls Cause I'm not just a pretty girl I'm more than just a picture I'm a daughter and a sister Sometimes it's hard for me to show That I'm more than just a rumor Or a song on your computer There's more to me than people know
Welcome back to the Happiness Algorithm with me, James Roast. Uh, my special guest today is Jack Walton. Uh, we're talking all things self-care and how we can be the very best version of ourselves. Uh, that was Jack's second song choice, and it was Pretty Girl by uh, Maggie, Maggie Lindemann. Yeah, nope. shall I explain that one? Go for it. I mean, that is kind of a nod to the after. Like It's like the me now. I mean, it's just it's not taking itself too seriously. It's just like, yeah, this is who I am. This is me. I mean, it's very just self-assuring and I just, I kind of love the rebellious nature of it. And I just thought it's just really, it's just a nice one. I mean, I, I like to not take myself too seriously now because for such a long time I was so uptight and, you know, like we said earlier. So yeah, it's just a bit of a nod to, to me, I guess. Living your best life. Yeah. I mean, That's literally. Yeah. So, Jack, I mean, uh, I'm sure the listeners will be desperate to know, you know, on yes. this, the, the three to four year, well, I say three to four year journey, actually, it's yeah. been a much longer journey than that. But but certainly over these last three or four years, you've really invested in yourself. Yeah. And um, I'm sure, uh, like the listeners, uh, myself included, would want to know 
what what do you then encourage? What is it that enriches mm-hmm. your life? What are your practices? You've touched on meditation there. You've touched on a little bit of counselling. Yeah, inside of self, being your best friend, etc. Share some of the other stuff that you do, and you can you can encourage the listeners to do. I think that what I really encourage is people taking charge of who they really want to be. This is about you, and this is why I wrote Being the Best You, because it's not about being the best friend or the best daughter or the best sister. It's about being the best you, and it's about what do you want to do, who do you want to be. It's about it's about consistency, and I think that's number one. It's, it's about trying anything recommended for 30 days at least, because by 30 days you'll either want to do it for the rest of your life or you'll want to get rid of it completely. So you need to just try. So I really, really recommend it's, – it's affirmations. It's having positive affirmations to – say each day how do you want to feel do you want to feel confident say i am confident it's not about faking it till you make it it's about deciding who you want to become in the future and what you can do now to make it happen which is setting the affirmations it's it's having some kind of movement in your day so and a lot of this stuff really is the simple stuff but it's doing it in a way that's going to work for you in a practice like doing some kind of yoga doing a home workout it's 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 going deeper than that though it's having a form of meditation if you want to which is a really good idea because it really slows down the thoughts and that's great for anybody who's suffering mental health but then i've got a friend who doesn't like meditation for that exact reason because then things come up so it depends on what type of person you are setting goals i set goals every single month it's deciding what do you want to do i've set mental health goals before it can literally be emotional goals where oh i want to feel a certain way this month i want to do this it's not about big huge fancy goals it's about the small little things that you can do daily and again on the surface the meditation and the goals and the affirmations and the gratitude and all these different things they seem very small but they do add up and they do make a big difference i've i've done nothing on my journey so far that's cost me a a big amount of money i've not really done anything fancy it literally has just been a little bit of everything it's about trying things that haven't worked and then discarding them and then it's picking up new things along the way like I also do EFT tapping, which is emotional freedom technique. So if you go onto YouTube and search for that, there's lots of different ones you can follow. You don't need anything to do it. You're literally tapping your um, different pulse points and chakras on your body, excuse me, and saying positive affirmations. So all the stuff I've mentioned today, affirmations, meditation, goal setting, it's all free. You can do it right now from your own home. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can check out my Instagram. Where I'll speak about this stuff every single day, practically, which is, I guess you'll leave it on the show notes anyway, won't you? But yeah, well, I mean, it's worth sharing that now because I was sure. going to talk to you, just mention that actually your your um, uh, your social media handle yeah. and your YouTube page as well, because obviously you are Jack Walton, but also AKA the Motivator. Oh, should we talk about Motivator and- Boy briefly? Yeah, go for it. So really briefly, a motivated boy is something I set up because I just want to, I know it's so cringy, but I just want to motivate and inspire people. So on motivated boy, you will find videos and content all about becoming your best self. A lot of it is self-care. It's the goal setting. It's the motivation. It's, I'm just making it for everybody. I don't want to appeal to a certain demographic. I, it doesn't matter who you are, your budget, your occupation, your age. Everybody can do what I recommend. And this is what I try to do all the time is be relatable and to suggest things that I truly know because I've because I've been there and done it myself. I've got that feedback where I know that it can change your life positively. So because I know that, I'm suggesting it to others as well. And that's what I also mentioned in Being the Best You. And on I Am Jack Walton and Motivator Boy social media is it's really all I talk about is just the simple stuff. It's 
I don't, I don't want to exclude people. So if people can't afford stuff, I'm not going to do it. I've got to keep this for the mass public because I grew up in a single parent household, living in a council house, not having much money. So I know what it's like. And I just want to, I don't want that to ever be an issue for people. I want you to still be able to live the life you want to live. And I know things happen in life and there's obstacles and there's pitfalls, but try some of these things, give them a go doing for 30 days and message James or myself and let me know what you think and if it works to you that is fantastic if it doesn't there's I could be here all night speaking about the other things I'd recommend but I will I will leave it at that for now because I don't want to ruffle on too much <laughs> not at all not at all well I, I, you know look I think that's the thing that's really incredible about um what what your content promotes um and something you've said there that i, I want to pick up on and highlight again it doesn't cost and that's the thing that is yeah you say that is so appealing because we've all got time and yeah you know, if you look at some of the stuff on on the motivator boy page on youtube things that you're that you're encouraging people to do and there's some great content uh, i urge anyone oh. to get onto the page and look at it uh some recent content as well that you're publishing with well, thank you to the lockdown but it's looking after ourselves you know so jack does some wonderful videos around you know saying that we, we about get work because you're working from home now as you yeah. say on one of the videos and it's about getting into good routines getting some exercise oh, yeah so important on your diet um and, i feel like and it is getting back to basics isn't it well it is and i think that's the point that i for, think for all of this crucial. i think yeah and i think that's yeah, maybe is. that should be the takeaway from the show really is that there's no fancy formula there's no magic mm. wand there's and that's why i try to i'm spiritual I'm a positive person, but I also always have this real side to me. Where I'm just like, no, there's no magic here. This is just real. It's dedication. There's pitfalls. There's times where you want to throw the towel in. There's times where you want to, you know, climb Everest. I mean, there's all sorts of emotions on everyone's journeys. I'm just trying to be real here with you and say, guys, if I can do it, I promise you anybody can. And I know that's one of those cringy lines, but when I have, I have really been to the depths of despair and I know that if I can come back from that and do what I've done, I know anyone can. I just know it. And I, I, if that's the one takeaway you have from this, please know that you can do it. I believe in you. Please message me or James and I'll happily have a conversation with you further. And let's just create a better, more happier, more kinder world to live in because we all deserve it. The time is now. There's no, tomorrow's not guaranteed at all to anybody. So let's just try. Let's just give it a go. And yeah, that's it. I mean, what else can I say? Well, be, uh, beautifully said and I, I sort of echo <laughs> those thoughts and I, and I couldn't have said it better myself um Jack it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show James you are a diamond I've I said it just in the break but honestly this has been one of the most amazing podcasts I've ever been on I, I really do mean it just because it's been so it's just been here then everywhere in the best way in terms of it's been all encompassing and I've loved it and um yeah thank you so much for giving me the opportunity oh, well, I feel very, like you're very kind you're very oh, kind. thank you so well, much Jack, Share with the listeners before we go, uh, let people know uh, handles, social media, how they can contact you. Sure. So I've got my podcast, A Slice of Life, um, that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual ones, Motivated Boy YouTube channel, Motivated Boy Instagram, and I am Jack Walton um, Instagram as well. So you've got everything on there um, to find me. And yeah, um, please message me if you want and we'll have a chat. But um, I've absolutely loved speaking to you guys, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure they've loved listening to your story jack um it's been as i say it's been an absolute honor having you on i think it's a it's an incredible story and one that you know uh for 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 such a young guy to 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 
to turn their life around so quickly is it's 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 really admirable and to, oh, to be you. promoting and pushing the message that you are uh i i'm sure you'll go on and on and on and on and on to, <laughs> to greater and, and bigger and better things as well so i'll be watching uh, closely oh. with that as well um guys uh, we have come to the end of another happiness algorithm uh we will be joined again next week where we'll have uh, more guests some great music uh, and we'll be talking all things mental health emotional well-being and what we can do to make us that little bit happier. Hopefully today has given you some uh, some opportunity to invest in. And as Jack says, certainly over the next 30 days, it doesn't come overnight. But if we invest, we'll get the returns that we deserve. Um, I've really enjoyed tonight. Let's see if, uh, let's hand over to Tom to see if he's enjoyed it. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast. Well, thank you, Mr. Hanks. I enjoyed that too. Um, guys, I've been James Rose. This has been the Happiness Algorithm. Um, I will see you all next week. Be happy. Be healthy. Daisies swaying, free in the breeze. The birds in the trees are singing along with me. Looking for happy Sunrise Lights my Smiley face clock Sliding in my socks I pour my First cup of tea I'm just Looking for happy If you open your heart You will see a million little opportunities To be looking for happy, looking for happy Comfort chair Wizards and knights have magical fights as the rain taps so tepidly. I'm just looking for happy.
Looking for happy. Phoenix FM.